Greetings, friends, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. This morning, we are resuming our study in the Gospel according to Luke. And this morning's uh, passage, there's chapter 11 is what we're looking at this morning. There's a lot of lessons for us today, and lessons that couldn't be more important at this point in time in our lives and in history. And, you know, one of the first lessons is about prayer and the persistence prayer, like the, the power of being persistent in prayer. There's the uh, concept of, you know, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand, which is a principle that we are seeing lived out in front of us right now in our own country here in the United States of America and many other places in the world. And then there's this principle of you're going to be filled with something. If it's not the Spirit of God, it'll be something else. But you will be filled with something. And so those are kind of the things that we're going to glean from the Scriptures this morning. And I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that He goes forth and blesses you and pierces ears and causes many people to fall on their knees and repent and to draw near to the Savior, to our Lord, and to the Father. Let's begin. King James Bible. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 11. And it came to pass that he was praying in a certain place. When he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him? And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give and give him because he is a friend. Yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Please note that word importunity really means persistence. The point that Jesus is making is he's telling a story to make a point, you know, if, 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 and you have to understand that in that time and that culture, um, hospitality was a big thing, not like here in the United States, but many places in the world, it's it's a it's very important to be. Um, uh, hospitality is very very important, and so he's saying, imagine that you had a friend who was on a journey and you didn't have anything to feed him, and you go to your neighbor's house and you knock on the door and say, please give me some bread to, to feed my friend, and try to imagine that your friend would say no, and he would say, sorry, the door is shut and I'm in bed. He's saying, because of your persistence, he will get up and give you what you need. 
And see, this is all within the context of how to pray. Jesus is saying, pray like this and understand that you need to be persistent in your prayers. He goes on to say, verse 9, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask for bread of you, that is a father, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks of a fish, will you for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask for an egg, will you offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit it to them to ask him? He was casting out a devil, and it was dumb. And it came to pass, when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake, and the people wondered. But some of the men said, He cast us out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of devils. And others, tempting him, sought of him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And a house divided against a house falleth. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out devils through Beelzebub. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall they be your judges. Jesus is making a very important point here. A kingdom divided against itself, or a house divided against itself will fall into desolation. And sadly, that is what we're witnessing right now. You see this, they have this, the evil uh, shadows and the spirits of darkness causing this conquer and divide within the United States and within any other places in the world. And it works beautifully. Because you get two, you get a couple of sides going at each other, whether it be based on race, whether it be based on economics, whether it be based on political affiliation, all of these things. And we're watching our country burn to the ground as a result, because we're falling for hook, line, and sinker. And of course, Jesus is making the point that hey, I'm not, I can't, I'm not casting devils out of people. If by Beelzebub, that would be counterproductive. Like Satan's not going to cast out his own demons. And then he's making the point, if, and if I was doing it by Beelzebub, then who is it that your sons do it by? Just kind of a little jab there. Verse 20. But I, with the finger of God, cast out devils. No doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. But when the stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor, wherein he trusted, and divided his spoils. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He saith, I will return to my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth swept and garnished. Then goeth he, and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. 
you know, you can clean yourself up, right? You can get yourself all cleaned up. Get your house all cleaned out. But if you don't fill it with the things of God, it's going to be filled with something else. And Jesus is making this point, you know, he, he, a man gets, gets all cleaned up, gets his house all cleaned up, and then the, the devil that he cast, that was cast out goes and finds seven more worse than itself and returns, and the state of the man is worse than it was before. You may have known of an, somebody who was an addict, maybe a drug addict or alcoholic, and they kind of rehab and, and, get, and get over their addiction, not get over it, but they conquer that, and things are good, but then one day, one night, they make a bad choice, and they almost go into a binge of these things and they're actually and then they actually end up worse than they were before they got cleaned up do you understand what i'm saying or how many people let's do it on a very very simple level just so we can understand the concept think about dieting this is something that most people can can understand you go weeks no sugar right you're not eating pizza and things that are unhealthy for you and then I've seen this so many times in like with people and they're trying to get fit and trying to get healthy and they they start making good food choices but then they fall off the wagon so to speak and they end up in worse condition because they what they've this thing they've been depriving themselves from the craving that's been building up over weeks, they just attack it, right? And they're just eating everything, pizza, drinking pop, doing everything. And they end up in worse condition than they were. It's the principle that Jesus is teaching here. So it's true for silly things that we're talking about now, although not really that silly. Um, but it's also true in a spiritual sense. Verse 27. And it came to pass, as he spake these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Blessed is the womb that bare thee, and the paps which thou hast sucked. But he said, Ye rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. And when the people were gathered thick together, he began to say, This is an evil generation. They seek a sign. And there shall no sign be given it but the sign of Jonah the prophet. For as Jonas was the sign unto the Ninevites, so shall also the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South shall rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came to the utmost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and beheld a greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonas, and behold, a greater than Jonas is here. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, putteth under a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thy eye is single, in other words, healthy, thy whole body is also full of light, but when thy eye is evil, thy body is full of darkness. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. If the whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light, 
as when bright shining candle doth giveth light. He's continuing that same principle when the body's filled with light, with the good things of God. You know, when that's what's going into the eye, then the whole body is light, but when it's darkness going in, the body's filled with darkness. Verse 37. And he spake to a certain Pharisee and besought him to dine with him. And he went in and he sat down to meet. And when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he not first washed before dinner. The Lord said unto him, Now do you Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter? But your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. Ye fools, did not he that made that which is without make that which is within also? But rather, give alms of such things as ye have, and behold, all things are clean unto you. But woe unto you, Pharisees! For you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs and Passover judgment and the love of God. These ought ye to have done, and not leave the other undone. Woe unto you, Pharisees! For you love the uttermost seats in the synagogues, in the greetings in the markets. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are the graves which appear not, and the men that walk over them are not aware of them. Then answered one of the lawyers and said unto him, Master, thus saying thou reproachest us also. In other words, he's saying, The things you're saying to us are insulting. Verse 46, And he said, Woe unto you also, ye lawyers, for you laid men with burdens grievous to be born. And ye yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe unto you, for ye build the sepulchres of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Truly ye bear witness that you allow the deeds of your fathers. For they indeed killed them, and ye build their sepulchres. Therefore also said the wisdom of God, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them shall slay, and they persecute that the blood of all the prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world may be acquired of this generation, from the blood of Abel unto the blood of Zechariah, which perished between the altar and the temple. Barely I say unto you, it shall be required of this generation. Woe unto you, lawyers, for ye have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering ye hindered. And he said, unto the, he said these things unto the scribes and the Pharisees, and began to urge him vehemently, and to provoke him to speak of many things, laying wait for him, and seeking to catch something out of his mouth, that they might accuse him. And that is the end of chapter 11. And as you know, Jesus was very harsh, not harsh, that's not really the word I'm looking for, but he was very critical of that generation because they had become religious, but not actually following God. And they rejected him, rejected the salvation, and he was warning that generation, look, you guys are going to be judged so harshly. I mean, even Nineveh will condemn you. Because at least Nineveh, even though they did all these evil things, they repented at the preaching of Jonah. Your hearts are hardened, are darkened. You're all, you're all hypocrites. You're all about yourself. And of course, that generation was judged severely. 70 AD, we all know the story, the historical, that took place. Temple was torn down. Blood ran in the streets. 
Unfortunately, I wonder, could our Lord be saying these things to our generation? Have we become hypocrites? Have we turned away from the true things of God and chased after the laws of men? You know, we can talk about how evil the rest of the world is. But what about what's going on in many churches? What's going on? What about what's going on in the lives of many people that profess Christ? I tremble at the thought that the judgment begins in the house of the Lord, according to the scriptures. We are going into a very dark and challenging time. And so I'm going to say what I'm trying to say within every single podcast right now, because it's just so critical and always has been, but it feels more critical now. And that is, if you do not know Messiah, if you do not know Jesus Christ, Yeshua, if you have not submitted and repented and acknowledged Him as your Lord and Savior and understood in your heart that He is the only way. And if you believe that, and you believe that God rose Him from the dead, you will be saved. And yes, there's some terrible times coming upon the earth, but there's also coming a resurrection when everyone who's ever lived will be risen and then we'll be judged. And those who are written in the Lamb's book of life winter into paradise, winter into heaven, winter into the new heavens and the new earth. Will there be no more hypocrisy? Will there be no more murder? Will there be no more lying? And all those who have rejected this free gift of salvation will enter into the lake of fire. This is what the scriptures teach. Come to Christ now. Lay your burdens at his feet. Everything you've done can be forgiven. Everything you've done can be forgiven. There is no one too far gone for God. And that window of opportunity, I fear, may be closing. And it's getting harder and harder to live for Christ. So draw near. Draw near to Him. Get on your face before God. Repent of your sins. And start today anew. That is the podcast for this morning. I pray that it's blessed you. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't picked up a copy of The End of Days, a 30-day devotional, you should try to pick up a copy. There's so many important teachings in that that is so relevant and so important for the time that we're living in right now. It'll bless you. So you can pick that up by going to scriptureandprophecy.com slash book. And thank you to all of you who support this podcast and help make it possible. You can do that by going to scriptureandprophecy.com and clicking on the support tab. Or you can become a monthly Patreon by going to patreon.com slash truthfed. All right, friends. Lord willing, I'll be back with you again tomorrow for our Torah portion for the week. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.